Yo, it's Nick Ruiz, twice self-made real estate entrepreneur. I came up once from scratch in my late teens, built over a million dollar net worth. The 2008 crash forced me into bankruptcy. Then I bounced back quickly again after bankruptcy. This is success from scratch. We talk entrepreneurship here, money, financial literacy, business building, psychological and chess player warfare, real estate entrepreneurship, economic evolution, the laws of it, survival of the fittest, sales and persuasion, anything success. I don't care where you are. Pay attention. This is success from scratch for you. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Success from Scratch show. I am hopefully um, helping you out a little bit on your journey to success, whether you're in the car, whether you're you know, on the treadmill, wherever it may be. You're, you're listening to just a down-to-earth dude that's been there, been up, been way down, bankrupt, etc., okay? Um, a lot of you guys know my story. If you don't know the full story, I kind of break some of it down in episode one. So refer back to episode one of the show and you can hear a little more. But I've been through the gutter financially. So I just want you to understand you are listening to a guy who actually can relate to you, who can relate to being broke, who can relate to being bankrupt. Um, and anywhere on that financial spectrum, I've been. I've also been a millionaire and then I bounce back and all kinds of different things. But um, there is no relation gap. Sometimes when you listen to people who are successful, they've had a perfect a star alignment their whole life or they've kind of just always been on the climb and nothing really bumped them. I have the true calluses, the calluses, the blood, sweat, and tears that allowed me to climb. Uh, and then obviously we got my guy, sidekick, good buddy, young Vidal on the mic. What's good, man? What's well, good? That's funny. Young man, I, I ain't that young homie. I have to. I feel like I feel like it's just a beautiful nickname for you, Young Money or Young Vidal. That's what I call him. Uh, he deserves to. He actually's got some good genes. You don't look. How old are you, dude? Just turned forty, homie. Big four. That is unbelievable. You got some good <laughs> genetics because you don't look forty. God bless you. Appreciate I got you. way more gray hair than you. Um. So. Yeah. First of all, if you love the content, always rate and review it and hit subscribe. Press the subscribe button. It's always appreciated. Very much appreciated. Um, and I'll, so you don't miss some of these shows. Some of these shows I do cut off because they go a little long and there will be some cliffhanger type stuff. And I don't want you to miss them. So if you hit subscribe, you'll never miss them. Um, with that being said, I want to kind of get into the topic here today. Of uh, It's one of the chapters in my book that will be coming out soon. Okay, The Success from Scratch book. And it's a topic, and all these all these topics I discussed with you are truly like embedded in my nervous system from true experience, like just life bumps, bruises. Um, before I get into the topic, I just want to I just do want to say. By the way, um, I do have Facebook Live. We got Henry from Miami, Florida, driving in Miami. What a beautiful place to be right now. By the way, I'm jealous. That is that's a beautiful place to be, Miami, Florida. Absolutely. Um. I'd be down there in winter if my kids weren't in school up here. I really would. I would bounce in a heartbeat. I'm in the freezing. Um, so anyways, thanks, Henry, for popping in. 
always appreciate the shares. But the nice thing about this podcast, as I recorded here, I also have Facebook Live. So make sure you're following me at facebook.com forward slash alpha home flipping. That's my main home on Facebook. I go more into just home flipping. You know what I mean? That's kind of my personal page you can like. And uh, you'll be able to catch episodes like these prior to them being released and actually have some engagement as well, which I think is important. So uh, as it, you know, it's much before the iTunes release. Um, so, that's yes. Gonna, that's going to be the main hub, though, because that's going to be the main <clears throat> hub, too, for uh, the podcast shows, catching them on that Facebook fan page. Yeah, I think that's going to allow for a lot of different opportunities to engage and get your questions answered on the podcast, which is kind of cool. Um, so one of the topics among many that uh, you will have to understand and be aware of and, and, and work with is I call it detachment. It's a, it's a title chapter of my book. Okay, This is something I learned over the years. And what I mean by detachment is detaching emotion from most entrepreneurial career success situations. And I didn't know that early on. I mean, I started as an entrepreneur, first of all, when I was a kid. But when I started doing real, real business with real money, I was in my late teens. Very immature, super ego, okay? And I let that ego and immaturity control a lot of my decisions. Not going to lie. I'm not going to debate that for a second, okay? I'm sure you can relate. Your ego drove you around when you were when you were in your late teens, did it not? Absolutely, man. It's, dude, it was the driver of the car <laughs> as a young male. Oh man, you're freaking. <laughs> you know, it's you're you're young, naive, but just full of freaking life, man. Yeah, I was jiggy. I was hyper. I was ready to go. Um, and actually, when I stumbled into the beautiful world of real estate, um, first of all, I was like, "What the? Like, why isn't everybody doing this? What am I missing?" Why are people going to work every day? Like this opportunity sits here mm-hmm. and these people are going to work. I didn't understand the, the agenda that dumbs everyone down. Okay. Mm-hmm. The society, I call it the, in the book, I, the, the opposing force, there's multiple opposing forces, but the, the biggest opposing force is society as a whole, pushing people down to create that little worker bee it needs for that machine instead of you creating the world you need for your own personal economy and machine. Very important. Yeah, I'm picturing that bucket with crabs. <clears throat> you guys, I'm sure, can picture that too, right? The bucket with crabs? The bucket with crabs and all the crabs are trying to pull each other back down. One's trying to yeah. climb out, <clears throat> and that's how that system operates. You know what? One of the greatest things I ever read was an essay by Ralph Walder Emerson. Um, let's take Livio. What kind of business did you do when you were 19? Real estate. Real estate, okay? Um, I became obsessed with real estate, and it turned out to be the greatest business in the world for me and for many people. Real est- just a side note, real estate is <clears throat> 95% of wealth is either created or maintained through real estate. Eh, let's move on. Let's move on from there. just want to put that in there. This show is more than real estate, the guys. This is entrepreneurship and everything else. Um, but real estate happens to be one of my main businesses and what I teach people how to create success from scratch after bankruptcy or being broke, depressed and whatever. So anyways, mm-hmm. Vidal, one of the greatest things I ever read was an essay by Ralph Walder Emerson mm-hmm. called self-reliance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Self-reliance is the mother of all human skills. I believe that. In fact, on top of the value system, I want to teach my kids of, you know, being polite, opening doors, being respectful, etc. 
outside of the core like values of being a good person, the very next skill that I need to instill in my children is self-reliance, self-reliance, meaning wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you're doing with or without us, you will survive. You will create, you will be resourceful and you will create a situation that where you can be reliant on yourself and make things happen. I've been so obsessed with self-reliance since I was very young, um, almost to a fault where I was like, I want to set myself up to need no one. And there, there turns into some unhealthy aspects of that. I'm not saying I was correct or I, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it to this day. The balance, I'm not a balance guy. I've never really been a balance guy. And, um, Asan, let's pause here. Facebook live, like wholesaling. Um, I, back then I didn't, in fact, the way I started, I would not recommend. Now I have a whole different method of teaching. Dude, anyways, let's, go ahead. Let's unpack that. So it doesn't get misconstrued. Because yeah, on we can aspect. Please ego, do. Ego can be misconstrued as you mentioned self-reliance, self-independence, where you don't care about the ecosystem outside of you that we know you need to leverage in order to create self-sufficiency, right? Well, I cared about things around me. I think my obsession, well, I know my obsession has, and I've learned to master it and balance more. Again, I've never really been a dude who could balance certain things. When I'm in, I'm in. You know what I mean? That's just me. When I'm in, I am freaking in. And it almost turns into an obsession, um, <clears throat> which I believe is the overarching like situ mental psychology to mastering skill sets quickly. For sure. When you become obsessed, results happen fast. But I'm not here to say, be obsessed right now. Let's not even go there. That's a whole different conversation. What I am saying is, um, where was I? See where it can get misconstrued next? Oh, yeah, yeah. The ego. No, no, I cared about things around me. Okay. What I'm saying is this, that I wanted to make sure I needed no one. I needed no favors. Not like everybody F off. I'm going to go over here and just rise. What I'm saying is I wanted to make sure I needed no one for anything. And that everything I create, I, and that I was able to create everything from scratch with just me, with no help. It was an ego thing. I didn't want help from anyone, even if it was available. When I first started, there really wasn't help. I was on my own. I started, you know, my business from scratch. But my point is I wanted to make sure, and, it, and I'm not going to lie. Okay. And this was an unhealthy, immature psychology back in my late teens, early twenties. I wanted to be able to say, I did this from scratch. And I, I did, it ended up where that is the case. Okay. Both times I rose from scratch, right after bankruptcy, um, without any help, but I just wanted to say that. And that was that straight ego. And I'm not I'm not saying that's healthy. You know what? We're going to pause the show. So emotional detachment. <clears throat> um, but what I was going to say was so self-reliance. We kind of had to pause there for a fast second. But um, self-reliance is a, is a skill that's necessary. I took it a little too far because I just my ego wanted to make sure it was known that I did it on my own. Okay. Right. I don't know where that came from. That's just my ego directed me that way. So what I've learned over the years, okay, in operating as an entrepreneur, working with all kinds of people, having all kinds of people work for me, um, mixing emotion, 
with situations, especially situations of conflict and stress, turns into a problem. Emotion magnifies the situations. Okay, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, and I try to infuse happy emotions into things to um, make people feel good. Like I like to joke and jive, and you know, keep things on the up and up. But the point is, let me tell you a story. Let me give you a perfect example of <clears throat> how I've learned detachment and used it as a massive strategy for my benefit. Uh, in a situation. So I have a painter, okay? I have a painter who was starting to piss me off, okay? And one time I came to a job site and he, um, I was questioning something he was doing and I was like, what about this or that? And <clears throat> he just snapped. Like, well, I can't do this and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't like it, then I'll just leave. And this was in the middle of a job site. And he said some real, like, snotty, cranky, whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Now, let's pause that for a second. He just snapped on me, basically, in front of another one of my workers, okay, which is a serious problem. But you don't snap on me. I'm your boss, okay? But... I could, there's two things that could have occurred. If this was 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, I would have done, I would have destroyed him verbally and maybe even tried to like hit him over the head with something uh, and said, get the out of here. I don't want you anywhere near my job sites again. You're fired. Don't ever call me again. That's what my emotion told me to do, especially years ago, but I've refined the strategy. So, and this is what, this is you guys, and I'll talk more about this, but that higher minded psychology. Okay operating out of a higher mind. So um, it's okay. He just did that. All right. Okay. So I guess the reality of the situation is if I react how I truly would have, or kind of wanted to, which is F off, I'm stuck in the middle of a job trying to find a different painter to finish up a job mm -hmm. while he's in the middle of it with the materials and everything was um, pretty smooth up to that point. <clears throat> or I cater to his, whatever he thinks he's getting over on me. Okay. Nurture him through the rest of the project because that's what I need while behind the scenes, I'm working on a replacement, which is exactly what I did. Okay. Uh, which behind the scenes, I lined up another guy. Okay. He needed about two more weeks on the job site. So I used it my higher, I used my higher <laughs> used it. <laughs> I used my higher minded psychology and detached emotion. And I won heavy. I won the war, not the battle. Okay, the battle was clobbering him to pieces and sending him on his way, but the war would have been a problem. But he finished the job on my time. I terminated him on my time. Me terminating him right then and there means he had control of his termination. Okay? I love this. So let's play out the negative <laughs> scenario. Let's just say But I'm saying just to just to just to elaborate on that, most guys would say get, you know, F off, get out of here, etc. And that would mean he had control of that. Re maintaining control. Part of what I've learned too, which is another high-level strategy in business and entrepreneurship is part of control is letting other people think they have control. That's actually, that's high-level control. Okay, That's elite control. All right, And a lot of immature minds and egotistical minds will never be able to conquer that, which means they'll never actually be in power or control. Okay, this is important. And it took me years to actually learn this 
And this isn't something you can just learn out of a book and then you go do it. This is years and years of refinement that got me to this point. So now I was able to terminate him on my time, which was after he completed what I needed and after I lined up the perfect guy to proceed where he left off after something was completed. So I maintained full control of the situation. Very, very important. And I, that's, that's emotional detachment. And I'm not here to say it's easy. I'm not here to say as soon as you turn off this podcast and think about what I said, you're going to go out in the world and have emotional control. This is not a one-time deal. And we'll go over this again on future episodes, but it's very, very important. One of the probably the more important chapters in the book, um, I mean, there's a lot of important chapters, but I mean, in reality, it's a very, very important skill to, to get down. Yeah, I just wanted to add <clears throat> that that negative scenario has a lot of consequences that are just going to freaking keep you up at night, right? Yeah, the negative scenario of reacting with emotion? Absolutely. All kinds. Too many to list. But the point is, you're going to lose people at the wrong times. You're not going to maintain control of your business. And again, you're operating off someone else's time. Because if you knee-jerk react emotionally, what you're doing is allowing that event, circumstance, or person to dictate how you're operating at in that moment. I like to operate on my time. And as an entrepreneur, you should too. Entrepreneurs, that's why entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. They do things on their time the way they want it and how they want it. Regardless of in the moment, your emotion tells you to do something different. Remember, that's just a micro battle. You're going to win the war of winning entrepreneurs, winning the entrepreneur and success war. That's what I want for you. This is a long, this is a marathon. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you guys coming on. Always again, as I mentioned, rate, review, and subscribe. All I want you to do is purchase your freedom. You have to write a check to purchase your freedom. Time and choice is freedom. That's what this whole show is about. So pay attention. Plenty more lessons down the road. 